0: So you're a fan of Atlanta United, and
1: you heard ATL on Fire has crazy insights to your
0: favorite team. Or maybe you're just here for the crazy. Amar said it? You've got to be kidding me.
2: Nah, I'm here to produce, keep the sanity, and of course, drink wine.
0: Or maybe to hit the buttons and
2: crank up the crazy. Whatever you're here for, we're going to talk about it all.
0: I'm Dave Katz.
2: I'm Mikey Dobbs. And I'm Carmen Butler.
0: And this is the the ATL on Fire podcast show.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire, the podcast where we talk all things Atlanta United Football Club and all things soccer in general. As always, I am joined by Dave Katz and Carmen Butler. How's everybody doing this evening?
0: Welcome back, Carmen.
1: Thank
2: you. Yeah. Y'all did such a good job. I was listening no, no, from Houston. no,
0: it, it fell apart. Your job is on the line. line. I <laughs> know.
2: I feel threatened, Simon Katz. <laughs> oh, oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but we are very happy to have you back, and Thanks. it's May first, and we actually can have a fire. How awesome My is that? Is pretty it's ridiculous. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Last excuse to have a fire. So hopefully somebody's joining us out there on the interwebs as we talk about the last two games Atlanta United played uh, at Kennesaw in the U.S. Open Cup, where we lost two to one in a really disappointing loss against a USL team. Uh, that is not very good. And then we're unable to redeem ourselves three days later uh, when we went on the road to Nashville and ended up losing 3-1 uh, to one versus Nashville. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, the Tennessee team is definitely have our number this week.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Good thing we have some French wine. Yeah, what did you bring us? <laughs> oh, Chateau Buscasse. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, my, my accent is terrible, but it's a beautiful French. It's really nice. Classic blend. Um, real nice.
1: You know, it doesn't taste like a lot of French wines, in my opinion, that have, okay. kind of have a very distinct, I don't know, there's like a ta- earth taste you can tell is an older, older wine. That, That's you know, called terroir. Terroir is that really what it's called? <laughs> yeah, the earthiness. Okay. Oh. Yeah, that earthiness. Like that's. Can feel like that's about earth, all earth. I can really tell most of the time with wines oh. is like, is it California or is it maybe European wine? Okay. Um, and that feels very like a very new new kind of grape. I don't know if you do you agree with that or you got the terroir happening for you?
0: No, no. I think I mean I mean there's I would say that there are you know not just one kind of French you know wine but yeah yeah, yeah absolutely I agree with you.
1: I mean I guess I. I recognize that more in like the the pinot noirs from from france Mm. but really nice so yeah that's about my level of sophistication after watching the master somalia thing on netflix if anyone out there likes wine there's two shows on netflix that are fantastic uh people dedicating themselves to drinking red wine more more so than us even which is impressive
0: the only thing that might be better than wine is Wild beer. heaven beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Not just any beer. Wild
1: heaven beer. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, what's their slogan on the tick- ticker here, Carmen? What
2: Well, we got offering beers inspired by the traditions of Europe and the innovation of America. Wild heaven seeks to raise the profile of beer in the South. Heck yeah.
0: I feel like that's underselling themselves a little bit. I mean, I think they are really unique. Yeah. Their beers are... I mean, you know, so much of the of the American craft beer, you know, movement is these hoppy American, you know, IPAs and and I feel like they do so much more than that. That's a really good point.
1: Yeah. I mean they've got they've got a good mixture of I don't know, even the emergency drinking beer is extremely light and kinda of has a little creamy mm-hmm. aftertaste to it. Really good stuff. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Wild Heaven, as always. Yes. Um what do we want to go to now, Dave? Any any bets that we had
0: that, that were won or, won or lost? I'm wearing my Manchester United jersey to redeem the fact that Manchester City is winning the title again. Uh. But I have to say, Mikey Dobbs, that... Um, you know, I, I hate to take your prize because it was a pretty easy bet. Well, you know me.
1: I like to go against the odds. Uh, clearly, the uh, odds were with you on that bet. The man, man the
0: odds are ever City. in my <laughs> favor.
1: But it gave me a chance to, uh, to give you a well-deserved gift. Okay. For your winning team, Manchester
0: City. I have to say, I just want to talk about the bet. So the bet was... Manchester City-Arsenal, Arsenal on the road at Man City, and I thought that, you know, the problem with Arsenal is that they only know how to play one way, which is attack all the time, and which is great. It's gotten them very close to, you know, a title this year, but... You cannot do that at the Etihad in Manchester City. Manchester United tried to do that earlier this year, and it was a disaster. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I said they're just going to give up at least three, four goals. They're going to lose by three. Well, your son's
1: statistic that <laughs> Carmen said she liked the best was they haven't lost at home since 2019. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there's a, if there's ever going to be a stat, they also
0: have a streak where they haven't lost in April in like five <laughs> years or something. Oh, that's crazy. It's just uh, but, see that means that they get you know everything comes together at the end yep.
2: yes and that's why i love mikey dobbs despite all the evidence to the contrary <laughs> yeah. he still plowed through
0: in the way of a good bet <laughs> so all right shall enjoy, I open it? Yeah,
1: enjoy your reward it's just the this the piece so piece of metal right in front of you there i think you're gonna love it
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh you, lord you're gonna show the youtube yes, listeners you and explain what, what you have there in your hand <laughs> It is...
2: I need to get it closer? Oh, okay.
1: okay. Number 10 from Man City with
0: <laughs> Super Jack Grealish. Super Jack
1: Grealish. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome.
0: Now, as I said, it's a good segue because I'm going to hold this up later when we're talking about, in the in the tactical board segment, about why Atlanta United is not Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so where are you gonna put that in your in your soccer collection it's gonna be cherished right
0: i don't know now now i like it because it's so crazy and cheesy and, yeah. and to be honest Grealish, you know i mean you gotta love Grealish. he's Grealish is Grealish, you know but um as a manchester united fan i feel like i have to you know burn it or something yeah.
1: well i can't burn it as well. i I I think you would have enjoyed the bobblehead more, but evidently they don't sell bobbleheads no. at Jack Grealish, which no. I would have loved to have found. This is it.
0: better than the bobblehead. Okay, good. I got to find some appropriate place.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Dave, on Wednesday,
0: back yep. to Atlanta United, oh.
1: you braved it uh, on the north side of town up in Kennesaw.
0: I have to say, and I want to admit this for the podcast audience, because... You should go do this as bad as it is. I had a colonoscopy, which you should do at a certain age, right? <laughs> and so I'm going to admit it. That's what I did, and, and I'm fine. But <laughs> so, but uh, I had that in the morning, and I was still at the game at night. Yeah, You Let's were one of,
1: one of the 100 people there. I was about to say. There ch- was nobody there. In the it was chilly, empty. kind of wet, damp it weather, It was right? wet. Yeah. It was
0: nasty. Ugh. So,
1: So... Oh. Uh, I plowed through that on the YouTube, which they they broadcasted (laughs) on YouTube. And, boy, that that was a tough one. We didn't have – well, we had Almada, but we didn't play him. Mm -hmm. And uh, Yakimaki's was not available. So remind me of the starting lineup in that one. We had uh, Diop
0: obviously starting in goal. Yep, it was Diop in goal. And then the back (laughs) line was – um, let's see, it was, uh, Parata and Abram in the center back, neither Lennon nor Goodman started. So that means that out wide it was Hernandez on the right and it must've been Wiley at left back. Oh, correct. And then the center of the park, it was Sosa. It was fortune, um, who was the really young kid. Um, and it was Sadich.
1: Yes, Hussein. It was, it was Sadik. Okay,
0: and then up front, it was Miguel Bear. Barry. There on the right. <laughs> it was Araujo who started, and it was Tyler Wolf.
1: Tyler Wolf. That's right. Okay, because Tyler got the goal right out of the gates.
0: Yes, that, I mean nice. that's the only good thing you we can say about Lane night in a long time. Yeah. Araujo with an absolute beautiful forty-yard diagonal ball. Right, right. From he was out wide right, he cut it back onto his favorite left foot. He, you know, he, one of the things he did was he flattened out his foot. So typically when he serves a ball like that, there's a really big hook on it and he flattened out his foot. I mean, the ball never moved. We were right behind it. It was straight in a line. It was 10 yards above the, 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 pitch. And it just stayed there the whole time and got there in a hurry. Yeah. Ariza's
1: got a great transition ball like that.
0: Yes. And then Wolf brought it down well. And I have to say, glory be Stephen Glass, who had his outside backs pinching in all the time. And so even though there was a 40-yard ball over the top, this right back couldn't get back out there. Wolf walked right in and scored. Yep. <laughs> so, nice. um,
1: But kept he didn't have the best first touch, but he kept his composure and he no? put it in the, the corner. So. Yeah. Hey. Goal's a goal. Good good to see that he's, you know, that hopefully will build a little confidence for him if he, he gets more minutes.
0: So after we started a little bit weak, you know, um, a few minutes we were on the back foot, and then we scored. You figure, okay, we settle, and now it's, you know, game on. We're yeah. going to steamroll them, but not so much.
1: Mm. <laughs> I just kind of sat there and watched angrily, so my notes on this game <laughs> clearly are not going to be as good as yours. Uh. Uh, it just it just couldn't come together. I mean, every time you're you're watching it you're like this is a USL team that is putting it on us so
0: so i what, was going to say wrong? before the game i wanted to i said all right you know one of the reasons why i went out there is cuz i thought we might play some squad rotation i was worried he was going to really massively rotate and i was like that would be bad because you know we're not good enough to do that but to be fair and maybe in our detriment, to our detriment, he didn't rotate that much, right? So a couple, we did have a couple of young guys on the pitch, right? So obviously Wiley is really young, but he's Wiley is an established part of our team now. So you know, take it for what it will. Fortune was very young; he was on the pitch, right? right? Um, and but he didn't. Oh no! You know what? It, he it wasn't Abram on the. It wasn't Parada on the pitch to begin with. It, it was, was Noah it, Cobb. Noah Cobb and Noah Abram. Cobb started with Abrams. So Noah Cobb was on the pitch. He was really young. So I was watching to say, I wanted to see how Fortune would do, given a chance to play in the middle. I was really looking at Cobb again, who I thought had a really good preseason and was absolutely awful in Columbus. Um... To be fair, he's 18 years old. Right. Um, I think he might even be 17. Yeah. Um, anyway, the um, and, I, so, and I was really, really watching for Abram because we keep talking about we haven't seen him, and I wanted to know whether he can really play. Yeah, and you weren't overly
1: impressed from what you said.
0: It wasn't terrible, but I didn't see... I mean, I expected Abram in this kind of a match... You know, a veteran, Peruvian international. Um, he's played, I think, in Spain before. I mean, he has a real pedigree. And you expect him against the USL competition to be like, you know, bring it. Like, yeah. I'm just going to dominate you. And in fairness, he hasn't played all season, so that's tough, too, just to walk right in and be 100%. But he was... And we'll talk about it on the tactical board a little bit later. But he was backing off a little bit. He wasn't really challenging for things. And I'm like, it's a USL team. Like, go win the ball. (laughs) Right? Um, So I thought there were a couple times that I thought he kind of a little bit read the danger, but there were a few times that he didn't. So it it was a little up and down. I didn't think that it was awful. I didn't think that he was – I was expecting him to really look good against that competition. I didn't think that either. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was kind of yeah. – Okay. So go around the horn. What else uh, did you see from players? I mean, the other guy was looking for Fortune, the young kid. I mean, he was absolutely invisible. Really? I mean, he just got lost in the game. He did nothing. Um, Wasn't good. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not criticizing Fortune, you know, because – You know, he again is 17 years old and, you know, he might be really, really good in the future, but he's not ready yet. And I I would have said the same thing about Noah Cobb is that he once again looked like, okay, maybe he has some potential, but he doesn't look like he really reads the danger that well. He's got the physical attributes. Right. You know, he's strong. He's good on the ball. He's good in one on one. But, you know, what you're looking for in defenders, please, if you are developing defenders, if you want to bring along a guy at 17 and say, OK, maybe you can play for an MLS team, get us a guy who reads the game. And I, I thought early in the preseason, I saw some signs maybe he was, but I haven't seen it since. Yeah. And our friend Miguel Barry, uh, uh, how
1: was his performance up top, Dave? non-existent I mean it's unbelievable
0: yeah I mean he can if, if you can't show up against the USL right you know and you're just invisible then forget it because he subbed cholon later on in the game he did yeah and within
1: the first I counted it, uh, it within the first 90 seconds of he, him being on the field he had a threatening chance and goal and they Yes, mention his name on the broadcast. I'm well, like, at least he
0: runs around. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's. I mean, God. this this uh, whole like, I don't know. There was an interview with him and Pineda, or I, I think it was him, and there were. It was him saying, you know, the way that they've been using him in games is, you know, not necessarily to go on and win the game. But I, that makes no sense. Of course, there's been many of these games where we've needed a goal. So the narrative that we got from him in an interview like two weeks ago was madness. I mean, it was like you've been in many chances where you, we needed a goal and you should, should have
0: produced something. I'm looking for some kind of attribute, right, for him. Right? You know, so he's big and strong. So you figure, okay, maybe he can go in the box. Every time there's a cross or whatever, I hardly see him making a run in the box. He doesn't know how to finish. Like, you know, for a guy his size, why any coach wasn't telling him his entire career, any ball in the box, you better go challenge for it. I just don't see it because he does nothing. He's not moving around. So the defenders are very, very comfortable. Like they're not getting pulled out of position. Uh, his skills seem pretty okay. He's got a good left and right foot, but he's, he doesn't move that much. So, you know, he hardly ever gets on the ball. Yeah. Uh, he can pass. Okay. I've seen him, you know, yeah. behind the feet he's got, you know, I thought his first touch was okay, but he never makes a run in behind anybody. He never moves around. He hardly ever gets on the ball and he can't score. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Still
1: seeing the same. All right. Yeah. Same.
0: Now, I mean, that's now, a Tyler Wolf in contrast to that. Right. I thought so. Tyler Wolf looked like he faded badly as the game went on because he hasn't had a lot of minutes. Right. Fair on him. But moving all the time. Right. Um, he looked like he has a burst of speed. He looks like a guy, for example, who in the last ten minutes of the game could really give us something. And if you're a defender, you don't want to see Tyler Wolf with ten minutes to go because he's quick, um, and he moves. Is Tyler uh, Wolf left-footed? No, I don't think he is. We
1: do have another right-footed forward. I just came. Yes, Ah. yes, we do. (laughs) We're gonna get to that. So Chol, Chol and Wolf can both play. On the right side. Joel is
0: right-footed, too. And, and Etienne, to be fair, looks very, very two-footed. Yeah. He's a left-footer, but he doesn't look yeah. like... Wiley's a little bit left-foot dominant, and Araujo, of course, is all left-foot. So this is your game to talk about. What do you want to lean into? Well, so... <laughs> I mean, we're going to get to the two games combined with some tactics. And I think I want to more focus on the second game, but, you know, because we really had more of our, you know, true full team. Although, you know, in fairness, like, you know, we had a pretty good team out there. Um, I didn't think that the lineup was super, super rotated. I don't know what. Yeah. It was rotated. But anyway, um, what I will say is that the thing that really, you know, if I were to go right to it, right? Um, So his very first sub. So so after we scored in the third minute, we were just under it the whole time. In the end of the game, Mikey Dobbs, I think they had thirty shots to our one. Yeah, it was and they had ten shots on goal to our one. Yeah, somebody posted and they had twelve corners to our like one or two. It was possession. Everything was. was Yeah, I mean they dominated us Um, so anyway so if you're watching that you know you're like okay we got a rotated team you're up one nothing right you got to figure that um if i'm if i'm beneta i'm really worried we're gonna give up the lead and lose he didn't seem to be worried at all so his subs were lennon and gutman came on first gutman came straight up for wiley and lennon came straight up for araujo so lennon actually went in as a as a winger yeah. Not, not a back. And so, first of all, if we have no offense, right? And you don't have, you, you're not going to use Almada, you know that. You don't have Papa Giorgio, right? So, and you're, you're, you're under the, the gun the whole time. And you're thinking, we kind of, I, to me, I was sitting there thinking, if we're going to win this game, we're going to need another goal because eventually we're going to give up one if we keep doing this. Right. So, I don't really understand bringing Wiley off. I would have, like, get widely up the field. Give us something. So he brought him straight off for Goodman, and now we lose another guy who could attack. And then the same thing. He brought off Arauzia. Now, Arauzia wasn't having a great game. But, again, so now who are you left with? Right. So he eventually, after that, he brought uh, on Barry, our
1: star Barry. He brought off Barry <laughs> and he brought zero on goals. Chol. When you need a goal, bring in the guy who's got zero <laughs> goals, zero confidence and zero resume. So he
0: brought on show for Barry. <laughs> I would have said that would have been my, fr- I would have made that move at halftime because mm. I would have been like, we need some activity up yep. front. But the other thing, it looked to me like those were scheduled subs that Araujo and Wiley were, were our starters. You know, they're, and we know that for, for Nashville. And he was saying, look, you're going to play 60 minutes and that is it, right? And the goal being that, okay, 60 minutes, the game should be over. You come off, you're ready to go for Nashville. And in fairness, you could say we were at one nothing. But I'm watching that game and I'm like, we ain't going to be at one nothing for very long giving every, every, up 30 every, shots.
1: Everyone was watching the game thinking that.
0: So, so if, I, if I were the coach, even if I had started out with that kind of a tactic... I would have said, sorry, I got to make an adjustment, right? I have to have somebody who can score the, the goal. They're going to get increasingly desperate and push someone up. Please give me a counter and finish this game yeah. off, right? So wait, wait, wait,
2: wait. So you are expecting Pineda to make an adjustment in the middle of a game?
0: I would.
1: <gasps> so he does bring oh. on Chol. Do you remember what minute that was in?
0: Well, his first subs were right around sixty, and that was the two backs, right? Yeah, so that was. Cho came on a few minutes later. It had to be like right. sixty-five or seventy, um, and then he had and Etienne came on for Sadich, um, and he dropped Wolf into midfield, which also seems yeah. weird. Like Sadich is the only I mean, like the only you know proper MLS player who's still in the midfield, and he drops Wolf in there. Yeah which again seems to me like we want to get Wolf a lot of minutes in this game, which would have been pre-planned. Yeah. But But you got to make an adjustment. You're watching that game. You're like, okay, yeah, we had all this planned, but we got to get through. Right. Yeah. And I, that's why
1: I keep saying like Wolf is going to be misplayed and misjudged because I know you were a little down on him. You think he doesn't, he's not going to make it at the MLS. I think is roughly where your opinion was on him. And I was like, I think he just needs a good stretch of being put in the right situations, mm-hmm. and he's got the he's got the movement and the talent to score. Yep. Um, so I'm not super I, down on Wolf. I'm not oh, well, super not super high on him either. Not super high yeah. on him. Like I, you felt yeah. very lukewarm on yeah. him at best, and I I was a little more positive on what his potential is. Is is all I'm saying. And I think that's that cross and 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 him finishing is an example of that. I mean. Why not do more? I mean, he's got the ability to get in, into spaces like that. And um, anyway.
0: So he makes another sub. He brings on Parata for Cobb, you know, pretty late. And I'm like, okay, so now he's saying, okay. Four to five. We've got to kill <laughs> off the game. But, uh, you know, in the entire thing, um, that was probably in the 80th minute with about 10 minutes to go. I'm like... Uh I am not at all convinced that you can just get your good players off, keep the rotation going and win this game. You know, I you know I, one of the things I said. So this was uh um <laughs> This was uh, I wrote this in the 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 50th minute or something like this, right? I said, when they first made the subs, actually it was 60th minute, Lennon and Goodman. I said, these subs seem to be for maintaining fitness rather than tactics. When we really need to change something tactically, I think this is totally underestimating how bad we are playing and it may cost us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we
1: all were texting. You knew the goal was that goal. Yeah, you felt
0: it coming. Oh, it just was. I don't think this was any phenomenal insight, (laughs) but again, maybe for Vanita it was. Maybe he was just praying and get get uh, rid of it. And what was his body language on the sideline? You know what was interesting? Because we were like five feet behind him, right? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He hardly said a word to the team hardly a word i mean he's got all these new guys and things he's not yelling at the team there was uh even when when we gave up the the goal right i think i wrote it down when, so when we gave up the goal um i guess i didn't write it down but anyway but when we gave up the goal right the, you know we're going to overtime right everybody comes off right and the team is huddling, right? We just gave up the goal. And you would think Pineda would be, lit, you know, whatever, maybe yelling tactically or, or you know, frantically, whatever. He let them huddle and he said nothing. He didn't say a word to a single player. And then as they walked back on the field, I think, I don't know whether he was thinking about it, whatever, he realized, oh, I didn't say something. So he ran after the team he huddled them up again for another, like, 10 seconds. Yeah. Made one comment, and they went back on the field. More passion. Do you think that that's... I don't to- know what it was, but I'm like, you. the team was sitting there for five minutes. Some of the assistant coaches were talking to you or whatever. He said nothing. Huh. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you just gave up the tying goal to send it into overtime against the USL team. I mean, you know, in fairness, it's in public. It's not in the locker room. But yeah. I'm like, Alex Ferguson would have been... I mean, he he's red to begin with. He might have been purple. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh, my God. He's heating up. He's on fire.
2: Yeah, and you did text us that evening. because yeah. What did you say? I can say that Pineda does not seem to be worked up about it. Diop is yelling, but Pineda... Yeah, Diop absolutely- was
0: freaking on fire. <laughs> Diop was yelling. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like... He's you know, you know, Arroyo, right? Someone's upset about it. now. You can understand why Martinez like flipped the table. Yeah, because probably in that game, right? They played horribly. He knew it, and still Pineda wasn't making anything. Yeah, yeah. he's like he wants passion from his team all the time, but like, where
1: is it when we where need
0: is it when you need it? I couldn't believe it.
1: So, Carmen, I don't know if you noticed this, but what is what is. Uh, Pineda normally wear in the bends like what's oh, his? Oh,
2: usually he has like the Burberry um, rain jacket. Yeah, like, like a trench, trench coat. A trench coat. Don't you like, think that yeah. would have been more
1: appropriate for the Kennesaw game?
2: <laughs> yes. What did he have on? I didn't. I wasn't. What did he have Jeans on?
1: Jeans and a shirt. Yeah. What in heaven's name? But, I mean, I don't think he's putting it together. I don't understand <laughs> so, uh, what's going on.
2: There's something uh, missing because uh, I mean he's been wearing that consistently. Uh, I know. Like, that's
1: what I'm saying. Even his dress t- tactic tactics seem a little <laughs> off. <laughs> Coincidence? I think so.
0: So we give up the, the game tying goal late on a penalty kick. Pirata. hmm Sliding in when there is absolutely no reason to be Gigantic sliding in. Gigantic bonehead move. Yeah. It was like a rush of blood to the head, like... I mean, if we brought on a veteran, if, if you're a coach and you bring on a veteran in that game to stabilize the team and say, look, you're the older statesman on this team. You've been on the team for over a year yeah. now. Like, calm, get it done, get it finished. And then he goes and slide tackles a guy who's not even ready to shoot. And you're like, what?
1: Uh, yeah, it was, it was just a head scratcher on yeah. TV. I was like, yep, that's a penalty. That is a penalty.
0: And, you know, I think a lot of people are talking about this game and a lot of this season that so many times we've failed to kill off a game, right? And they're saying, you know, oh, the the team lacks focus and lacks passion to kill off the game or whatever. The reason we can't kill off a game is because we can't keep the ball. We cannot keep the ball when we need it, right? In that game, you're like, if we're at Memphis, no matter how bad you played, you get to the 80th minute or whatever, and they should be just keeping the ball, keeping the ball, keeping the ball. And they weren't doing it at all. The number of times they just gave it right back was just awful. It was a hard game to watch. Yeah. Anything else?
1: We're on to Nashville where Tennessee. Soccer teams continue to dominate.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say the same thing about, you know, in the Nashville game, but I wrote at the end, at the end of the day, we really don't have an attacking identity. We're just Almada and Papa Giorgio, and that's it. Yeah, sounds about right. So, and, and you can see that when they're not there. They weren't there in the Columbus game. They weren't there in this game. And when they're not there, mm. yeah. I actually am going to argue even in the Nashville game when Almada is there and still no Papa Georgia, and we still looked
1: right. Yeah, nah. we had we had possession and a little more positive in the first half in that game, but yeah, then it uh, then it went flat. Yes. So, let's move on to Nashville. Another beautiful Saturday here in Atlanta. Uh, watched the game on the back deck. It was great. Um, <laughs> And as that game started, I, you know, I was in pretty good spirits the first, uh, first bit of that game.
0: I liked the lineup. What did you think? I liked it too. I think, um, I mean, considering there was no Papa Giorgio. Yeah. Right? Considering
1: there's no Papa Giorgio, I, as, as you and I discussed, I would rather see Ibarra in front of, uh, in front of Sosa. Yeah. As, uh, and, and they played Josetu, who's just not getting it done. Uh, and then. <sighs> Like, that's that was probably my biggest issue with the lineup, is I would rather see a bar. I don't know if he's injured or whatever from that tackle. or, But, yeah, I would have liked to have seen a bar. In there. And, and, frankly, uh, I would have liked to have seen uh, Hernandez playing right fullback. I'm just going to say what my opinion is. I think he should be playing right fullback over Lennon, and Lennon should be coming in.
0: Now, Hernandez did not have a great game in Memphis when he got the full game. Now, but...
1: But it's how do you judge an individual when their whole team is playing like ass? Like yeah. I, I didn't like I didn't completely watch him. Yeah. Like with a, a laser, but yeah, he certainly didn't like. He wasn't like the sore thumb in anything in nope. that game.
0: No. Nope. So, um, yeah, I, yeah.
1: And the reason I say that is because of the way Lennon defended in the Na- in the Nashville game. So when you mm-hmm. can't go up and win a header, you know, and then you get yellow card for not doing anything, but still. You're facing the ball. You should go up and head it. I mean, it's, how do you not win a, a simple head ball? Um, and how does the referee give a yellow card on that? Anyway, I think we're on to the Nashville game, Dave. Yep. Uh, would have liked to have gone up there and done the podcast. I was. We talked about doing that. Unfortunately, yep. I I'm probably the 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 one who dragged us down. It's all not good. We that. didn't want to be
0: at that game anyway. <laughs> right. So you did us a favor.
1: So, we. I think, start off positive in that game, or do we? Did we start off with a goal in that one?
0: No, no. but we started off on the front foot. We
1: started off on the, oh, that's right. We started off on the front foot. So, like, my first observation of just, like, the first half in general was we had good possession. We are moving the ball around with with purpose, created some chances, Um and just maybe it was just because we looked so much better than we did in against Memphis <laughs> that I was somewhat pleased with like how the game was like it, at least not painful to watch. I felt like we just were, were playing better soccer in, mm-hmm. in most of the first half. Um, what did you see in terms of the same tactics maybe that had trickled over from the Memphis game?
0: Well, the interesting thing is in the Memphis game, right from the very, very beginning, we had this, super airplanes right i mean it was almost like hernandez and wiley in that game we're like uh coach says we don't even have to defend it all two is fine in the back right <laughs> and so they were you know i think as i'll get to the tactical board Pineda feels very strongly that that's what we should do uh, if we're on the front foot and that's our best best lineup you know our best tactic and as long as i think he has started to realize that when we only have two in the back we sometimes give up terrible goals but he's like against memphis we're not going to do that so let's do this but as i'm going to point out on the tactical board it's not working offensively either and that's the problem i have so it's one thing if if it was just generating tons and tons of chances but it's not right so Anyway, one of the things I was looking for right from the kickoff is, all right, well, are we going to have, now we have Lennon and Gutmann, um starting again. And are we going to have airplanes? And the answer was no. So they actually were, they were not, you know, super all the way back, but they were very appropriately pushed a little bit in front of the front two and they were only going when uh, it was really on. Yeah. So I think that was a nod to we're playing on the road against a good team in Nashville, yeah. so that's a tactic that was changed. Good for good on us. And what I want to point out is that Lennon in that first half was terrific because he was further back yeah. and he was getting up with actual timing. Yeah. Um, he was really, really uh, effective in that half, the first half. Yeah. Until
1: the until the second goal, when he was back. By the way, when the keeper cleared it, and couldn't get up and win a simple header. I mean, it's simple as that. They're
0: talking about the second goal.
1: Second goal. Let's talk about the first goal. Mm-hmm. The first goal. I don't know what set up the release of Mukhtar down the left side, but he goes bombing down the left uh, on a ball that was played out wide to him from from somebody, and he just blazes down the sideline, cuts in into the box and i think
0: you're talking about the second goal is that the the first goal goal was a corner kick you're right sorry sorry so the one thing i was going to say is that you know diop came out of the memphis game as the guy who got the most credit he made a couple of sensational saves he did i mean he cut a double save in there i mean he was and and he's always been known as a shot stopper right he's very athletic very quick or whatever his weakness which i said and and maybe i'll even go back to what i wrote in that actual game against memphis is that um diop has been terrific his shot blocking ability is excellent we have yet to see his positional nightmares yeah right which is what he's known for right so one thing i will say is that in this nashville game they had a series of corners early And not just on the corner we gave up the goal, but on the two ones previous to that, he comes flying up, flapping, and doesn't get anywhere close to the
1: ball. So I'm glad, yeah. This is the first goal. Is an in-swinger corner kick to the near post. We have three defenders that are right there clustered right in front of Diop um, yep. at, at the and near And they get
0: playoffs. beat by a great leap by Zimmerman. Zimmerman
1: flicks it just a, just a uh. bit, okay? But here's the thing. Diop made the decision to come off his line to punch it. He needed to murder everybody in his way. <laughs> he
0: was never getting and there. He would have had to go through three of our defenders and two of their players. He didn't even come within a yard of that John ball. Mills would have got through them. You come, <laughs> off, your, you come
1: off your line. You got to push. You got to knock everybody out of the way. I don't so know. I, I, what I would I say is why had,
0: come off the line at all? When you have three defenders who are there to challenge for that ball, why wouldn't you just stay back? That, that's exactly it. <laughs> right?
1: So that's when I watched this replay. I'm like, we had three guys there. Zimmerman did make a nice flick. If he had stayed home, when you had three guys clustered there, I think there would have been less confusion and maybe even – one of our defenders would have gotten a head off the flick. There would have just been less like he actually yeah.
0: because sometimes when the goalkeeper is coming, you don't get to the ball yourself because you're like, he's got to get it. Yeah. And
1: he kind of, they didn't see him. They were their backs to him and he came out and he should have, Completely cleaned them out and got into the ball. Instead, he kind of cleaned them out and left, <laughs> left the line open. Exactly. It's, and, and so should and he, he did home? that
0: three in a row. Yeah. Three oh. in a row he came for balls that he had no business getting to. He wasn't going to get yeah. there. He didn't get to close to any of them. Right. And, and that one, if he stays at home, they flick it. Yeah. He probably just catches that. Yeah.
1: And it wasn't a mystery that there were three. Like I went and watched it over and over again. It wasn't a mystery that we had three of our biggest guys right up on the
0: Yeah, it place. was Robinson. It was Parada. We had it all. Like yeah. They were loading up that front post. They were clearly Zimmerman was the target and we were ready for it. Yeah, right? We were ready for it. And it's- they challenged even when Zimmerman got the flick. He was under a ton yeah. of pressure. He was off balance and he got just a basic flick on it. It wasn't like he got an open free power header into the goal. It yeah. just skimmed off his head and kept going across yeah. the middle. The problem was... D up was all the way up there and he was like, Oh, what's yeah. behind me? Yeah. And then it it was a tap in at the back post, and they had three guys open at the back post. Yeah. The, only one was, the only one who was possibly reading the danger was Gutman, yeah. which is not good. But again, to me, yes. You can argue Goodman should have gotten to that ball. You should have argued we had a better marked up. But at the end of the day, the thing that I thought was the biggest problem is you can't have a goalkeeper at the MLS level flapping at the ball and the goal yeah. going in behind him. Anytime you come as a goalkeeper, you don't get close to it and the ball goes ball goes past you. That's almost for sure a goal, right? Because yeah. anything that gets touched is going right. in the goal, yeah. right? right? So you can't do that. Yeah. That's
1: what I mean. He had, if he's coming off, he better be confident and clear everybody and punch that thing. Yes. And he, he kind of came out weak, too. And he should have stayed home because we had three people there. All right. On to the second goal I was just talking about. Mook targets released down the line. Do you remember? Uh, yes. I mean, it, it, it seemed like we were okay.
0: Um, so what happened on that play is that um, Miles Robinson was marking a guy at midfield. Okay. And he checked back to the ball. And Miles Robinson went with him and got right on his back like he should have. So they played it to his guy. And Par- My-
1: Parata was out on Mukhtar, I believe.
0: Yeah. So what happened was, so Miles Robinson was right on his guy about 10 or 15 yards beyond the half field line in Nashville's end. Mm-hmm. And he forced his guy to just play it back. So he made a one-touch pass back. I don't think it's on the clip. Uh-huh. Um But he forced his guy to make a a one-touch pass back, okay? So that's good, right? So instead of coming out and having a guy have all day to turn and and play a ball late, you know, play a ball wherever he wants to, which is what happened on the third goal, he was on him, right? Yeah. So it went back, and then it was kind of a long ball. So Parata had all day to go read in behind him and be like, okay, where's the danger? It's Hani Mukhtar, right? But do, do you want Parata matched up against the fastest guy in the field? Like I don't happening? have a problem with Parata being matched up against Mukhtar uh at midfield because two things. So Robinson had been really well to pressure that ball and Gutman actually was all the way over to help. It was 2v1. They okay. weren't so I think yeah. they clearly said that Mukhtar can't be one-on-one. Yeah. So Gutman was there, but the thing about Parata is that he consistently is afraid to try to win the ball at midfield. He's afraid of Honey Mukhtar's pace yeah, or whatever. So instead of what he should have been- so he, was, laid, he lays off of him and just keeps Yeah, he up. just laid off of him. What he should have been is right on him. And when Honey Mukhtar made an awesome turn or whatever, then just Go- foul him. Yeah, foul him or <laughs> let Gutman come in and try to yes, get Yes, or it. let Gutman be the second guy yeah. and he he'd do yeah. it. You cannot have Miles Robinson going and pressuring up the field, and then having Parata sag back off ten yards. That's yeah. a disaster. Yeah. So yeah, then he just blazes
1: down, cuts into the box. Again, Perazzas backing off into the backing, box, backing, 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 back 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 And so Mukhtar does a little, couple of stepovers, rips it far post. Of, you know, Diop. I would say you know did a nice save. It was a pretty hard ball to collect. I think I'd be critical of him if I said he should have saved it. But if he
0: did really well, he could have ha- held on. If to he it. did really but well, but it wasn't really a mistake. wasn't I really think. a mistake, and then it comes off his hands, and there's somebody crashing the goal to finish it. Yep. So, so what I would say is what's what was what I think you should take away from that play is that that ball forward to Mukhtar started with Robinson right on the back of a guy, forcing him to play back to a back who was. About a little bit outside his own 18 yard. He was pretty far back. Mm -hmm. That should be a position that is a win for Atlanta United. If their first ball comes out and that guy is forced to play it backwards, now it should be. That's the time where you pressure and win it, right? And again... The problem there is he was under pressure. just said, okay, give it to the back. The left back was under pressure. He just kicked it up the field. And Hani Mokhtar was 20 yards wide open. Yeah. And that's the problem. You can't have two guys working their butts off to get pressure. And then a release valve where he had, I mean, it wasn't a great ball. He just looped the ball up the field. And yeah. Maktar was like, okay, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> you have got to, if you're going to do that, Parate has got to be on his guy and up the field and challenge for that. Right. If you're not going to do that, then Robinson should never go forward. Whatever, and we should play saggy, you know, bottom defense. Yeah.
1: So, we're down to nothing, and we are able to, luckily, salvage a penalty kick. Um, we're at the top of the 18. Somebody plays it across the top of the box. To I think it's Hosetu. It was
0: a beautiful set of balls that uh, that ended up. I think it was Lennon who found back to Hosetu. Yeah,
1: yeah, was Lennon to Hosetu, and at first I didn't think it was a penalty kick. I thought that Hosetu kind of uh almost faked a spin dive, but whoever it was from Nashville did drive their knee into the back of his leg, and as soon as that contact was made, like especially in this day and age. When it goes to VAR, they're going to call that a penalty. I didn't love it. I mean, it was definitely one where, you know, in a world where there's not VAR, I would have been like, don't give that. But when you watch the VAR... Yeah, live,
0: the ref was not going to give it. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, and live, it didn't look like... My first blush on it was no, no penalty. But in the VAR, I looked, and it, it was one of those where you almost... I mean, his knee did drive it right into the yeah. back of his leg. Yeah, it was reckless from Dax yeah.
0: McCarty. He just it was, rammed right into
1: it him. It was, and, and it was really hard to see without the camera view. And they did show the camera view. Even the camera view that wasn't zoomed in and great. But from the right angle, you're like, okay, that is a,
0: that is a PK. So, I thought it was a penalty right from the beginning. Uh,
1: my My favorite part of the game, though, was... Uh, our common cool penalty taker. Oh my. I mean, just made the goalkeeper just freeze and look like a bobblehead. It was kind (laughs) of awesome. And then he ran to go get it out of the goal and the goalkeeper punted it. And he tried to, he tried to do like a shake his hand (laughs) and, and then, and then he pulled his hand back and the goalkeeper, like a second later, like, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it was it was kind of awesome. From no, he
0: was mockaging him. Yeah, it
1: was a good mocking of just being totally iced. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, good good on, on uh, Almada for a, a nice PK. So then you're like, okay, I, this game you know, got we, a chance, got a chance, right? Um, but no, no, the last goal, the last goal. I have a strong opinion, having watched it a couple times now. Okay, I'm really shocked really shocked that our one of the best athletes in the field didn't hustle as hard as I think he should have.
0: Miles Robinson? Yes. Yeah, it was interesting that the guy actually was able to outpace uh, Miles Robinson and he, he just ran by him.
1: Miles Robinson yeah. did not give a hundred percent on that play. I no, over I think over he again. was
0: really frustrated. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bunch of players who are frustrated. But so what I would say is, so what happened on that one is, so we're we are needing a goal. It's very late. Yeah, right. And so you know, I think Miles Robinson, everybody else, front foot. You know, try to get it back. Give us as many chances as possible. Right. And, you know, so he ended up – he was trying to get back from a very aggressive attacking spot, yeah. and he ne- he, got, he got next to him, and then he let the guy run by him. But the thing about that play, again, it starts out with Nashville under pressure in their own oh, their right own corner. Yeah, and Mukhtar again turns and spins. So and- in that play, so he has brought on now Abram.
1: It was the classic type of thing where – it's it's the counter that that you always want when it releases out of the back to, to Mukhtar and then we turn and go. That's not what Atlanta we don't see that from Atlanta. But
0: here's the thing, and I, and I realized... so first of all I found out at Memphis that it's um Abram, not Abram. Abram at rhymes with Philip Lom. I did hear that I did hear that
1: on the broadcast I'm always okay. saying Abram. Anyway,
0: but um so Abram is Clearly was the guy back with Robinson being really aggressive. And Hani Mukhtar is there. And again, Hani Mukhtar goes back towards his own goal. And Abram is afraid to go with him. And here's my thing, Mikey Dobbs. Okay. It's 90th minute or whatever it was. It was very late. Yeah. We're down
1: one goal, right? Oh, there was like, there was a good 20 yards between... Him and that ball being yeah. his. He takes it down on his chest and spins it. Yeah, so There was nobody putting pressure but on him. But he
0: started out on that play, which you couldn't quite see in the replay, but he started out on that play like five, seven yards behind Mukhtar. Yeah, Mukhtar goes back to the goal, and he wanted no part of it, which I am flabbergasted so first of all in my opinion he should always be you know if you got a guy like Mukhtar who's so good on the ball is quick and fast or whatever what do you want to do you want to deny him the ball or if at least he gets it don't let him turn and if he turns you then foul him yeah right that's what you want as a coach right so even if you weren't going to do that the whole game yeah it's the 90th minute how could you slack off In, off of their best player in the 90th minute because you know we have got to yeah. keep the ball in their end. And honestly, if you gamble and lose, yeah, I mean, who it's, cares?
1: It's a perfect example in the Manchester City Arsenal game where I think it's holding or whoever is defending Holland. Yes. Like he was on his back on, too aggressively in, yep. that, yeah. in that situation. Yep. He should have been there but not quite that aggressive. Yeah. And, but it, it just shows like you got a great player like that. You got to be up and on him and in that case it's erling holland so he's able to just trap yeah. it and turn and pass. i mean it anyway. to me
0: if you're a defender right and i mean it's sort of i think counterintuitive for a lot of the fans out there if you're a defender and you're playing a guy like erling holland um or honey Mukhtar in the mls who's one of the quicker bigger stronger players right you it's like you know do you remember Biscuit when they say if they let that if that beast gets loose, you're never going to catch him. Yeah, That's exactly it. You <laughs> yeah. cannot, if you're a defender, like if I were defending that guy, I'd be like, ain't no way he's getting more than a yeah. foot away he's from me. In his ear. Because I'm going to either try to beat him to the ball. Right. If not, I'm going to body him up. And if he turns me or whatever, I'm going to foul. Him, yeah. yeah. Right. And, so you cannot let a guy like that consistently, like we did in this game, turn and yep. run at the defense. It's yep. just ridiculous. That was go go nice ahead, go <laughs> ahead. <in
1: third. laughs> All great points. Was Parata on a yellow card though on that second goal where Mukhtar? It's only reason because he should have fouled him, right? To your point, or been up higher on him. Was there any trepidation from him because he was on a yellow card? I can't remember. It's pretty early I don't on. I remember in the game. him being. yellow card. it. Was, on a, was, it for, was second half beginning of second okay, half? So,
0: yeah. Um, I don't remember him being on a yellow card, but you maybe know. on the t- that
1: would be the only reason. But the he thing is, the
0: thing about it is, I mean, they, what I what I am noticing about that with both Parata and with um, Abram is that they're doing it all the time, right? Which means this is not a yellow card thing for them. They they just. That's not how they're doing it. So right. this has got to be coached. Both of them are big physical guys. Both of them are not slow, but they're not the fastest. Miles Robinson, who they have, is fast, right? Um, so in my opinion, they have to be taught to go fight at midfield, right, and actually win the ball. Yeah.
1: Win the ball. He, and, yeah, Carmen brought it up. He didn't get a yellow card till later on in the game. So,
0: Yeah, so... I don't get it. And, the, and as we're going to get to in a minute, this is part of what was the trifecta of disaster in this game in the last week, tactical board speaking wise. And, and I'm going to explain to you.
1: Let's do it. Let's go tactical board here. Tactical board. Tactical board. I'd go full screen with that tactical board. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So we have this uh, cool little tool called tactical board for those listening on the podcast and uh, Dave is going to move some of our players around to show what he saw in the last two games. And we have, again, Diop in goal, Robinson, Parata, Gutman and Lennon in the back, Sosa, Huzetu, Almada, Arauja, Wiley, and Chol on the field
0: okay I'm gonna start with something that we've been talking about a lot or two points that we're going to talk we've been talking about a lot and I'm going to show you so in this game against Nashville um, Arauja was awful again right and there was a lot of people three times in the second half he got the ball and he just made terrible passes I mean just awful passes he what happened was he got the ball right where he is on the tactic board here he was sort of he got it maybe a little bit out wide or whatever, but his first touch was inside onto his favorite left foot. Lennon was making the run around the back and he tried to play the ball in behind over here to Lennon. And he basically couldn't execute it and it got intercepted right here. Okay. So this is happening all the time. And I think Araujo, she's got to do better. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? Do we want Araujo feeding in Lennon behind their back? Their left back, or do we want somebody feeding in Araujo behind the right back? We keep saying it. It's ridiculous. I mean, at this point, one of the big mysteries of the entire season is what the hell has happened to Araujo? Like, who shot Araujo? Where's he gone? You know, he's just disappeared, right? And the thing about it is Araujo is getting the ball every time, and he's getting the ball in here, he's moving the ball. First touches inside, and because Lennon is taking this wing spot all the time, right? So, first of all, he's not right-footed, so his natural inclination is not to go down there. He can't go down there anyway, because all he's going to do is dribble right into Lennon. Yeah. Right? So, people are asking, what happened to Araujo? What happened to Araujo was Lenin, right? right. Lennon is taking the role that Araujo was meant to play. Araujo, newsflash is never, ever, ever going to be good unless you're playing him in behind people. What is he good at? He's big and he's fast, right? And he has good skills when he's on the ball there. He is not good in tight spaces, right? He is not the kind of guy. I mean, I think he would love to be that guy, but he's not that guy.
1: Yeah, he would love to be that. He thinks he is in his head. Maybe. He's he's great, to your point, when he can get, get the ball and look with... Ten feet of space and say you're mine. I'm going to take you on and push push it past somebody,
0: right.
1: and or to your point in this situation, if it's reversed, if Lennon can play him through, I mean he's going to do some real damage. Yep. So that's problem number one. Yet we we are. I mean we know for a fact, Dave, that is not changing. It is des- the whole right side of the field is designed for Lennon to be.
0: The focus. I agree, but I, I could fix it.
1: Yeah, let's And see. I've
0: already told you that, but I'm going to fix... First, I'm going to tell you all the problems, and then I'm going to fix it. Okay. Okay, so second problem, right? So, Goodman has, was staying at home this so a lot. So, when Lennon was flying up on the right side, he was not, which is good, okay? But what was interesting is, even though he was staying at home, he was kind of back here like this. And so, they had a guy out wide out here, and... Gutman wasn't going to mark this guy. They were asking Wiley to track that guy. Right? Right. So, here's another problem. So, if you're going to have three guys stay in the back like Gutman, they have to actually defend. Right? Gutman cannot be holding Parata's hand. Yeah. And maybe he's afraid of what Parata can't do and Parata's not willing to challenge at midfield. We're going to get to that in a second. But... You cannot ask Wiley as one of your front three to be marking in behind Gutman. Yeah. Because again, Wiley wins the ball, and this happens sometimes, right? Wiley wins the ball in this one on one situation here, and Wiley's trying to play to Wiley. Yeah. Right? So here's his ball to Wiley. Oh.
1: Yeah. Up where is up, w- up. Where is Wiley?
0: Wiley's all the way back there. Wiley, as good as he is, and he's really good. Can't clone himself. When can, well, he, can't, he can't play a ball to himself 30 yards yeah. and get there. Like, <laughs> it's never going to happen. So that's problem number two. Problem number three is um, where we got absolutely killed in the midfield of this game. I mean, we got. Annihilated in the center of the park, right? And here's here's why. So first of all, and I, I hate to say this, but um, if you're going to play Pineda's system, it has to be Sadich. It cannot be Josetu. Sadich is actually made for his system, and I'll show you why.
1: I'm not going to disagree from it, what I've seen when we're People
0: successful. have noticed yeah. that, that Sadich, when Sadich is playing, they do better. And here's why. So, because here's the problem Josetu actually moves too much. So, Josetu actually in this game was acting like an attacking midfield. So, he was running a lot of times in here. Chol was here. Almada was here. You know, maybe we're playing down the lines in here. I'll move everybody up just so it's more realistic, right? Hold on one second. Yeah. Wiley was out here. Goopman was holding Parada's hand. Okay, so, so let's say it's like this. And here's my problem, right? So when we turn the ball over, so let's say this was one of Ujo's really bad passes again. He was trying to feed in Lennon. This happened right and this, so when this ball turned over so Aruja was trying to play wide to Lennon but he played it to their left back okay hosetu had made so many runs in here that and parata is so worried about their number 9 right so parata's actually only here he's not up challenging sosa is aware of this so sosa is actually Closer to Parada than what you think. Look what's happened here. Yeah. Just that that gap. There is an enormous gap. And the number of times that they so easily played to here and got to run out was ridiculous. Okay. So so there has to be several things that happened. Right. So first of all, if you're going to play this system, you cannot play Hosetu because Hosetu actually moves too much. He makes runs forward, which you might say is great because that might be more dangerous, but he doesn't score. Right. Yeah. So it's not actually helping us that much.
1: Yeah, he had one shot from about 25 yards out was struck well, but yeah. we, we know the stats
0: on shooting from that distance. Right. And Josette is never going to score from there. So, Sadich never makes that run, right? Sadich is this spot all the time, right? So, at least that means... And Sadich is not a good defender. He'll ticky-tack his way
1: in there, but he won't just push up there.
0: Right. Right. The only time Sadich ever gets into the box is if we're literally on the end line, right? Um, So... When Sadich is playing, that means that we at least have two in the midfield. Because Amada is always a free roll. He's doing everything, yeah. whatever. So if that's the case, now we at least have two. Yep. Okay? Even that is actually not working that well. Because, again, where I'm showing you the problem, Parata is not willing to step up on the guy. Right? Yep. So what should happen is Parata should be up on his guy, which means Sosa can get up the field a little bit. Sadich is not going home. And could you imagine if when they turned the ball over, they were looking at that? Yeah, and then Sadich can, if he gets it, pass it to Almada.
1: I will give him that. Yeah. much. you know what I mean. Yeah, he's
0: good at that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. A couple of times, he, he knows. He knows.
1: He's he knows his role. I guess is the he's you know, good at
0: moving the ball on. So if Sosa intercepts and gets it to him, he'll play one yeah. touch to Almada. Yeah. That's what he does well. Yeah. He's like my job is to get the ball to Almada, yeah, which so, is
1: all right. Yeah, which is all right with where we and, and I agreed in the 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 last podcast the one before, like in. In this system, he seems to be playing better than our other options. And but not a barra.
0: And the reason why he looks better in this system is we look better defensively in this system. And the reason why we look better defensively is because he doesn't move. (laughs) Seydic never moves, which actually makes him terrible offensively. He's not a great option. He doesn't really move around that much. He's good on the ball, but he doesn't move around a lot. Yeah. Right. But what you need, if you're going to play one of those guys, so Pineda is so rigid. He thinks we need a defensive midfield, we need a ball-playing midfield, and we need an attacking midfield. And he will never deviate from that. Right, so in this system, we don't really need so much a ball playing midfielder because Sosa and Ibarra can both pass. Right, so here's what I'm saying what we should happen it's never gonna happen. But Say shouldn't be in here either, he's much better than Josetu. But if this was Ibarra, right now, Ibarra hunting here. Is really dangerous because, yeah. as you know, he can tackle. He's Occasionally, yeah. he gets a little rush of blood to his head, but that's okay for a guy who's not the true defensive midfielder. He has Sosa behind him, reading the game really well. Ibarra is like an all-action kind of guy. And Ibarra and Sosa can both pass. So why do we need a ball-playing midfielder who doesn't move and who doesn't play defense? Why don't we get a ball-playing midfielder who does play defense in Ibarra? Yeah. It's just classic, we have to have this stereotypical guy, right? We gotta have the guy. It's it's the Nogby role. But Nogby, if you notice, so Nogby is like Sadich on steroids because he's so much better on the ball. He moves without the ball and whatever, he's so good, he never loses it. He's like a Sadich Plus, and he actually plays defense too. So he's better defensively, and he's so if you had a Nogby, sure. Right? Nagby would be that role. But what I would argue for this team, Abara is better in that role than, than Sadish. And it's okay if you now have two guys go hunting and really the only guy who yeah. wants to get on the ball is Almada. Yeah, so
1: that's more of the pivot with Sosa. It can be
0: Tabata. a double pivot. You can one in front of another, you know, fine, whatever. But that has to happen. And Parata has to get up and actually mark this guy. Right, if you had that and you had these two guys, and if Lennon wasn't in here touching here but was actually in a normal position, right, and every time we lost the ball, it looked like that. Oh my goodness, yeah, okay, so that's one thing, and then the other thing that has to happen is. Is Araujo and Lennon are a disaster together? Total disaster. Because Araujo is just dying. They have
1: no chemistry. He's dying. This is this is what I was saying, and and this is going to first off, nothing's going to change. The everybody's going to say, "Oh, we're third in the table," and this is what I worried about at the beginning of this podcast. This season Mm -hmm. is that Pineda's going to drag us into perfect mediocrity of being in fourth or fifth place. Yep. And everybody being like, he's doing okay. They are fourth or fifth place. Is that really where Atlanta United should be as a club in general, as far as expectations and with the talent that we have? Right. I don't think anybody believes that.
0: So Taylor Twelman actually stated that he was looking at the table with Atlanta in third, and he thought it was flattering. He's like, I've watched them play. And yeah. I don't think they're a third place team.
1: No, I don't think so either. It's, and it's I happen incredible. to agree with him. It's incredible we're in third place.
0: Yeah, we're a little lucky. I mean, the late, the late, late show with the, you know, the corner kick last week against um, uh, Chicago, um, Almada just totally bailing us out of nothing, right? I mean, Um, now we have also conceded some late goals for ties too, but I don't think we've been good enough. Uh, You know, the bottom line is that when this is not Scholl, when this is Papa Giorgio, Right. It's very clear that Almada and Papa Giorgio, particularly with Wiley and then well, is a, dangerous.
1: It's like on, on that team that's like average that you, you you play and there's one other good player. You've been on those teams. Yeah. Like when like I'm not saying I was like if there were moments where I was one of the two that were the, the yeah. better on the the best yeah. the, you can feel it, right? Like there's yeah. a connection. Yeah. You just know. You're like, Hey and if you do it right, everything happens. And yeah, those two definitely definitely have that type of um energy they bring. And they're not always going to be on the field at the same time. And, Al- no, and I mean, Almada might be gone as soon as summertime hits. So.
0: One of the things I think we've learned from Pineda is that, you know, any deviation from our best. So when we have every single player available to us and we have such a better squad than the teams we're playing against, then he can win more games probably than not. So... You know, I think he's a okay coach, right? He can win with the better talent sometimes. The moment we don't have those players available, you know, Almada and, and Yakamaki's not available in Columbus, get annihilated, right? He doesn't play Almada and Yakamaki's against Memphis, we lose, right? Um, he has no answer for the team. You know, the, the way in which, you know, for example, during our, our title winning season, there were times when Al Marone was out for like a month, yeah. right? And we still, through Val Alba and other players, we still managed to win games. Yeah. It wasn't quite as dynamic as when we had everybody, but we had an identity. We stuck to it, and we won. This team will never win without the best players available. Uh, when the best player is available, they will win some games, Right? But they will not finish at the top towards the top of the table. It's never gonna happen.
1: But is are you saying that our talent isn't good enough in terms of depth or the coaching doesn't know how to make the lower level talent on the roster perform a certain way?
0: I think the coaching's not good enough. If the coaching were better, we would do better when we had our full team and we would also win sometimes when we didn't have our full team. Yeah. So now the other thing I was gonna say, the obvious thing is Araujo has to be here, right? And Wiley has to be yeah. here. Wiley is much better operating in tight spaces, right? Wiley is a little bit more two footed, right? If Araujo is ever going to be saved at all, yeah. he has to be. And not I think averted. the
1: chemistry between Wiley and Lenin will be better. And yes, Almada tends to drift out to that left side a little bit more, for what I'm seeing. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that's a. You know, I
0: mean, Almada out here. He's done a wonderful and, job of playing in Wiley. Could you imagine if uh, he's playing in Araujo? And,
1: and frankly, as, as much as Gootman can get up and bomb up the left, I think uh. he's smart enough to look up and be like, oh, sweet, I don't have to make that run. I can pass it on to A, to he doesn't Araujo. make
0: that run that much. But the other thing that Gootman is about as good as I've ever seen is the underlap he makes this run through here. Yeah. So if he makes this run through here and the defender can't go out yeah. to address. And he's got to, well, even if
1: let's say, let's say Erujo has it right. Like he's got to stay honest. Yeah. Cause then Araujo can cut yes. in, it. Can now cross he it. can
0: run at him and he's yeah. history. Right? right. So that's where I love. Gutman is a natural player to play with Araujo because when he does go forward, he goes underlap a yeah. lot. Right? I love it. So this is the way we need to play. So, Robinson and Parata need to be always aggressive, playing up the field, marking their guys, right? And they need to win the ball at midfield, right? We can't have Sosa bailing out Parata. What we need is, you know, if the ball is out here or whatever on this side, then Parata is right with his guy, and, and Robinson is a little bit off, right? And and Lennon actually has to play defense. And I feel
1: like this starting lineup gives us depth, right? On the left, you got Etienne, who can come in for Arizio to give him a break. On the right, you either got Chole or Wolf if he starts to get in, in any sort of form. Um, yeah.
0: To me, in this lineup, you have, you know, Etienne coming late for either Wiley or or Araujo. You have Wolf that can come in for either of those guys. You have Chol that can come in for Yakamakis. Sadich can come on late, you know, um, or, you know, you can occasionally play, you know, a a moment where you have him instead of Ibarra or something. And then, yeah,
1: then you can bring in Hernandez and push Lennon up even to Wiley. There's options there.
0: Yep. This is the way we need to play, mm-hmm. right? And it and it and what killed us in this game, Hosetu was awful. I mean, but also the other thing is Hosetu was making too many runs for this system. When he makes a run, so we'll go back to the original thing, right? So if it was Josetu instead of a bar, and I'll show you how different it is. Take a mental picture of where it was, right? Because Parata is sagging, which means that... Sosa can't be attacking. He's sitting, like, right in front of him here, right? is making runs along with Almada, and suddenly, uh-oh, look at the whole midfield. And this is what happened. If you go back and watch the tape, right, we... Every time we turned the ball over, they had an easy outlet right into the center of the field. We got killed in there. And people are looking at Sosa and saying, okay, you know, Sosa can't, he's not closing it down or whatever. There is no player on the planet who can win that 1v3 when you're also supposed to be helping your center back. Sosa is not Superman. He can't be helping here, getting here, getting up to challenge here, here. There's just no way.
1: So Dave, you're going to give Carmen seat back? Or are we going to stay at the tactical board forever? You're you're in your you're in your sweet spot yeah, right? right now.
0: We we, we might stay. At the Come back to the fire, Dave. More. Come back to the fire, Dave. Well done,
1: well done. That was awesome. It was.
2: It was nice having you over here. Yeah. Though.
1: So, hopefully, if you're still with us on the podcast portion of this, you you have some mental notes of what was just described. If not, go over to our YouTube channel, subscribe at ATL on Fire. Uh, hopefully Simon Katz will get some edits of this. So we got a a quick 20 minute. Yeah. We apologize
0: for those only listening on the podcast. It's really hard to follow the tactical board on that, but we think it's worth enough doing it that you might have to go over to the YouTube channel. That
1: is really good stuff. Really good stuff, Dave. That
0: was the problem.
2: Good stuff. On the can we boy. get back to
1: celebrating Atlanta United? It's going to be a long road, isn't it?
0: <laughs> I think we are on the road to slipping towards mediocrity. I know. Man, it's just... Now, in fairness, there are times where Almada and and Yakamakis can literally just carry us, right? They're good enough to do that. But the, the system is not good enough. He hasn't figured out the strengths and weaknesses, You know, we have good center backs, but we're not using them properly. I mean, the number of times we're just making mistake after mistake. And, you know, I I was actually one of the things I forgot I was going to tell you is. So this is this. okay? Mm -hmm. Jack Grealish. okay. you know, you might argue people who are who are real tactical, you know, soccer fans, they might say, wait, 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 hold the phone. Right? Manchester City basically does the same thing. They play inverted wingers. They have their outside backs push forward all the time. Right, And so here's the difference. So first of talent. all, well, yeah, there's something talent. So like, for example, Jack Grealish, right? Jack Grealish is never going to run by someone pure speed. No. He's good with his feet dribbling at people, right? That's he's, what he's really he, good he, at he, in well, spaces, in tight spaces. He's
1: very good. Very good at dribbling in tight spaces and making defenders foul. Him.
0: Yes. So if you have. That's a skill. Yes. It's if a skill you have Jack Grealish, you have no problem with playing an inverted winger because you want him coming in, dribbling in, and getting fouled. Yeah. Right? He, he comes he's never going to be a good, you know, a classic winger with, a, with his strong foot because if you play him out wide, he's never going to run by someone. Mm-hmm. He's not Araujo. And that's the thing. If you're Pineda and you're watching Manchester City and you're thinking, I'm going to do the same thing as Man City. Forget the fact that Man City is a lot more talented team. But for the MLS, we have a team that's, Pretty good, right? And if you think that the strengths of Araujo are the same as the strengths of Jack Grealish, you got another thing coming. And the other guy who he plays over there is Marez. He has uh, um, Bernardo Silva. All of those guys play inverted because they can get into those tight spaces. That's what you want. Not a single one of them is going to run by you. Yeah, that's what he wants is ticky tacky in there. When we have our wingers wiley araujo they're built to run by people don't play them inverted yeah there are
1: airplanes we keep saying that <laughs> wiley and araujo are airplanes right we got the wrong guys on
0: the runway yeah we do
1: <laughs> so anything else to talk about United. You know, who do we have next we have miami next on the road thank
0: god anybody can get healthy against miami yeah <laughs> phil neville's a terrible coach
1: and our boy Joseph is uh, hes struggling. He's, he's got zero goals. Yep. Seriously? Yeah. Zero Zero. Goals. zero. Yep. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, not good. Not good. Uh, it, we certainly are happy to have the Greek as a substitute. Yes. Um, so, win against Miami?
0: <laughs> yeah, if you can't win against Miami, it's a really long season. We'll pro- but right now, you know, not only are we not having a system that's working really well for us, you can see, and it's, you know, it's on Pineda, right? So last season, he said we had bad apples, right? He said Joseph Martinez had a bad attitude, right? And we got to get rid of him or whatever. Honestly, in this last game against Nashville, you know who looked exactly like Joseph Martinez on the field? Almada. He looked frustrated. He wasn't working that hard. He was yelling at people right he's yeah. frustrated it you cannot play that poorly tactically yeah. and keep good players in the mold, right? right? They just can't. Yeah, like Miles letting up the third goal. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Miles Robinson, you might say, well, he didn't so, let it up, but he could. I, I think he
1: was athletic enough to prevent it. Is yes,
0: all I'm and that is a classic example. So, are you going to sit here and say that Miles Robinson has a bad attitude? Have you ever seen no. him have a bad, But he's frustrated enough that that very first moment, instead of really busting to get it back, he put his head down for a second. Yep. And let the guy run by him. Yep. And then
1: when it counted at the end, that last little turbo juice, he wasn't willing to give it.
0: Yeah. Or he was spent. He was frustrated. He'd gone forward, and he was just like, forget it. Yeah. I can't do it. So,
1: really, do you think we're going to beat Miami just because the Miami team just doesn't have their shit together with? with They're really
0: bad. Yeah. Because, I mean,
1: to be (laughs) fair, uh, you know, Nashville was a decent team, right? They've got two seasoned U.S. men's, not season, but U.S. men's national team level players with uh, Shaq Moore Shaq and Moore uh, Z- and Walker Zimmerman, right? And then they've got the, the reigning MVP. MVP. So yeah, they, they've, they've got some
0: some players. They're, good. They're a good team, but, you know, the thing about Nashville is Nashville can't score, except for yeah. us, against <laughs> us, right? So that's the thing, right? So Nashville can be frustrating. They're very good defensively. They're hard to break down. Because
1: Mukhtar had a slow start to the season, but Mukhtar can score.
0: He has not had a slow start to the season. He actually is ahead of his MLS MVP uh, numbers. That's what they said in the game last year. At this point, he had like four goals and he had like five assists. And this year he has five goals and like seven assists or something. He's ahead of last year's pace. Okay. I thought
1: the commentators made some comment of him not uh, being, being on pace, but I I don't think so. I will trust you on that. I'll go with Uh, you. on that. But anyway, but anyway, they
0: can't score. Yeah. And the only guy who can score for them is Honey Mukhtar. So if you design a system to really shut him down, right, you can go into Nashville and, you know, at worst you get a tie because they can't score. Right, they're just not a good offensive team overall, and we made them look like a better offensive team than they are because you know when you give a guy like Hani Mukhtar on um, both of those goals. So the this the third goal, it was Hani Mukhtar who got a chance to turn and run, and he played the killer ball. On the second goal, he ran all the way into the okay. defense and got the shot off with the rebound. I don't think
1: we're going to win against Miami because I don't think uh, George Jakamakis is going to be available think we're gonna hold him out at least at least another game if not two yeah just to be cautious like i think it it's the right time to do that and be a little cautious with with that guy um and he's just such an x factor that elevates your almada to your point on the tactical board yep it frees everything up it makes everybody feel confident and it's kind of my prediction for the year at this point like for us to be in any sort of competitive position, I, I don't think we're going to be top three at this point. Nope. Uh, but if we are going to be like in third place, I think it's going to require that everybody is healthy and we go on like some lucky health run. That That all of our starting players that you just had on the tactical board yeah. are largely there for the rest of the season. That would put us in third place. And so we know the odds of that are very low, right? People, people are out for stretches, right. mu- muscle pulls, or whatever. So I think we're going to end up six in the table, come you know playoff
0: time. I said at the beginning of season, the preseason, we we're talking about like, you know, if it goes well to begin with, you know, we might get going. We have the talent. Maybe the talent just does things, but we're one stretch of a couple of bad games away from it. it's all going into the tank because there's no system. Yeah. right so if there's a system if there's a way of going about it you don't go into those funks you cannot suddenly go and lose seven straight games but if you have no system and you're relying on individual players they get frustrated the moment they get frustrated if almada and and yakamakis are frustrated and aren't, don't start playing well then you lose that advantage of having the better players it's all over you can yep. go right you can lose seven games in a row right and so that's my worry with Pineda that we could do that and I think do I think we're going to lose seven games in a row no because I think our talent is so much better than most teams that um, that would be hard to imagine that if
1: they're healthy I think they're going to drag us along to to a decent spot but I
0: think we're going to slide down the table some and I think you know it the We'll go back, maybe listen to our, our preseason prediction. I kind of predicted that we would be fighting for the last playoff spot. Yeah. And I think that I'm sticking with that at the moment. Oh, really? Okay. That, that's, that's ninth place, I think. Is it's it, not good because
1: a lot of teams make
0: the playoffs.
2: That's I mean, I feel like almost yeah. all and, of them. And, I, right. think I, and <laughs> I
1: think I'm being relatively consistent. I thought we had finished sixth.
0: Yeah, I think that's you right. had us slightly above where I had yeah,
1: us. Yeah, I had, had a sixth or seventh, I think, if I recall.
2: I think I was like seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Elliot it, uh, is positive. He's saying fourth is fourth. where he thinks we're going to end up.
1: Like I said, I think, if, I think Elliot would be right. If, There's so
0: much parity that you so, don't have to be that good to be fourth.
1: That, that's it, too. We don't that's, have to be that good fair. to be fourth. It's fair. And I think if we're healthy, that that's probably right around where we're laying.
0: But Philadelphia is going to come back probably and get above us. I think Toronto is going to come up and get above us, right? Um,
1: So, Dave, let's take the last five or ten minutes here and talk a little bit of European football. Okay. So, some some big games that happened over the weekend and in in midweek, right? Uh Uh-huh. Did you watch uh, the Bournemouth Leeds game?
0: No, I did not watch Bournemouth versus Leeds, but Leeds, you know, it's funny, as bad as Leeds has been, they're still comfortably above the, the relegation zone for now. But are they? Are I they? don't know. They're like they one are. or two points above it, right? When you don't, um, when I say comfortably, I don't mean like they're out in front of it, but like they're not in the relegation zone. <laughs> correct. Are not correct. Right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, maybe I used and, the wrong. And, term. and I didn't
1: see what happened with Everton and, and Leicester. It was a below. tie yeah, today. Oh boy! Right, one so one, one. that that was probably the best thing for Leeds. But it probably they're no longer Leeds are no longer in the comfortable spot because they couldn't beat Bournemouth. Right. They couldn't beat the Red Cherries and. They did not look like they were the stronger side throughout Well, if you look
0: at their form guide, they've lost four and tied one in the last five. And
1: (laughs) and Tyler Adams being not in the
0: starting line. Without Tyler Adams, they are not the same team. They're just not the same. They're awful.
1: So I think that's the X factor. Coach is terrible. I didn't see Brendan Aaronson in the game. I don't know if he's injured. He's um, not injured, but he hasn't been playing much. McKenny was in, but then got taken off in like yeah. the 66 minutes. McKenney,
0: I think, is expecting people are expecting him to be like Tyler Adams' replacement. He's not. Yeah, he's that's not the, that player. So yeah, so
1: disaster. Uh, yeah, who do you think is going to finish in the bottom? Anything changed in your opinion from the last podcast?
0: I uh, you know, I mean, Simon had it as you know Southampton, Everton, and Nottingham Forest. I yeah. think he didn't have anybody getting out of that. Um, yeah,
1: I think Everton. When's the last time they went down? It's like something like we talked about in the last. It's been have they ever? They certainly haven't I, been down in the Premier League. I don't era. think in the Premier League era. So that's yeah. since nineteen ninety ninety what two ish? When did the something Premier League like start? Like that, yeah. Um, <sighs> Nineteen ninety-two, the Premier League started, I believe.
0: I uh, can't believe that that Everton's not Everton's going to pull it never out, been relegated to I, the ugh, Championship.
2: I don't know. I think Everton somehow pulls could, it off again.
1: I don't. I mean, it's it's certainly possible. But if they pull it off, it's probably at Leeds' expense,
0: yeah.
2: right? I think it's Leeds for a South Southampton. South oh. All right, that's mine.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. I, I almost kind of agree with Carmen. I, I think uh, Everton's too big of a club. Finds a way somehow.
1: I think it's gonna be Leicester, Leeds, and Southampton just to be different.
0: <laughs> but Leicester's done better since yeah, they, they have. got rid of Rogers.
1: They have. But really it's it's a matter of they're moving away. Everton breaking the mold. I, I, I think, yeah, it's a bad bet for me as normal. <laughs> I just I, I, That's just how I roll. But Everton, right? Like the stats are there. Like that's, that is a good reason. Well, to, Southampton's
0: to done. They're getting relegated for sure. Yeah. They are. They're basically. Nottingham Forest is in
1: decent form though. Like they look. They're basically
0: Better. four teams for two spots Leicester, Leeds, Nottingham yeah. Forest, and Everton. Mm. I don't really think that West Na- Ham. Nottingham Forest, I believe, yeah, looked good. They
1: brought in the PSG keeper for- that's Costa Rican international.
0: Yeah. Bravo. Costa-
1: uh, no, ne- ne- Nevis? Nevis. Nevis. All right. Neves. Yeah, Nevis. Yeah. Neves, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah Neves. Uh, which, yeah, I was like, I, I know that guy. Navas. Could- yeah. Navis, Navis. Um, So I don't know. Nottingham Forest might make their way out of that.
0: <laughs> Just because of the goalkeeper.
1: Well I mean I, they have been playing well. Goalkeeper
0: makes a big difference. It does.
1: Especially in relegation times.
0: I mean, you know, talk to I mean if you take um And my wolves got hammered six. Oh god, they friend. were terrible. I couldn't yeah. even bring
1: myself to watch the game. I was like, oh boy, that was
0: <laughs> Um, if you take the Jamaican goalkeeper off of Philadelphia Union, they are not even close to the yeah, same right. team that they are. I mean, he's just unbelievable. Um, yeah. yeah. What else do you want to talk about? I think we've talked about it all. Honestly. Well, I was going to say, my beloved Man United basically sealed the deal. Yeah. I think they're definitely going to be top four. I don't see Liverpool. Live, you know, People are like, oh, you know, people are trying to make the drama out of it. Right, so Man United has a game in hand, right, and they're up seven, right? Um, So (laughs) that means. That they could, all they have to do is get nine points right out of their yeah. last six, so they can go five hundred, and mm-hmm. they're still Liverpool can't catch it. If Liverpool wins every single game, oh, right? I feel like he just jinxed us. I feel like he put something no. out in the universe. No, to like, oh, I don't think not with Casemiro. Oh, no, oh, and if you know one thing about Man United. If you're if you're a Premier League fan, you watch whatever. So Casemiro is playing the social role, or you know, defensive midfield. You don't see Casemiro sitting just. In in front of the back too he's aggressive all the way up the field reading the danger and getting in tight spots and that's because they've had back two. now obviously martinez has gotten injured but the the honest to god difference between man united last year and this year is lissandro martinez who actually is aggressive winning balls at midfield where Maguire never was Right. And Casemiro now defending in front of them and pushing up the field. We actually have turned people over up the field. Yeah. Right. And if you're a Man United fan, the other thing is that so we, they, we, Manchester United has um Anthony who's, you know, all left foot, just like our Ujo. He'd been playing inverted the entire season. You know where he is in the last out two the games? Yeah. Out on the left. Yeah. Ten Hague has seen enough. Yeah. He's seen enough of <laughs> Sancho,
1: too, on a regular
0: basis. Yeah, but, but Sancho has also been inverted, too. And again, yeah. if you look at Anthony and Sancho, maybe Anthony to a little lesser degree, right, they're the kinds of guys who want to run out behind people. Certainly Sancho yeah. is, right? So they're less... I mean, Anthony's a little bit of an in-between player, right? But... Honestly, you want inverted wingers when you got guys who skillful want to play tiki tiki. If you got guys who can run by people, you don't want them inverted. Yeah. So Uzier should never, ever, ever be inverted. Whoever told him, in whatever age he was, that inverted was right—I mean, that coach should be, you know, run off the 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 pitch because it just has no. I think it's people watching Pep Guardiola and saying this is the new way to do it. That's the way he maximizes the players he has. That is not just a universal. Everybody should be doing it that way. Yeah. True.
1: Well, it's going to be a wild ride for the EPL. (laughs) Buckle up. (laughs) Finish here on both. You know, I think that the top's pretty sealed at this point. Uh, City's going to come out ahead and. Let's watch that bottom of the table and see which of the three of us is right on our bet there. Not a bet. That was just a
0: guess. Guess. Yeah, yeah it's hard to predict relegation. Anything can happen. So thanks for listening, everybody. Oh,
2: wait. We got a little dance party in there before oh. we go. We didn't
1: get any dance oh. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. If you Jesus. haven't subscribed, subscribe. Tell a friend. Ciao.